Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? Doing good, man. I'm, I'm uh, riding high. We got a nice little sweep here of the Brewers to start this week off. Absolutely. We're definitely going to talk about it, and we got to talk about the sad part of that, too, which, which kind of took place before it, you know? <laughs> Nothing like being swept before you, you get a sweep, right? Right. The life, the life of a Pirates fan. <laughs> I mean, hopefully not forever, but for right now, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, Jim, every week we're meeting new people doing this show, and, and we love it. From call your shot to, to questions in the live chats, even dumb old Twitter comments. Yep. But something struck me this week as I was reading some of those comments, and I'm going to read a couple of them to you because... I, don't, I want to see if you were struck the same way. Okay. You guys are the only positive Pirates podcast out there. <laughs> and uh, thanks for being upbeat about the team. Makes me feel less crazy for watching. Bruh. I'm glad you like the show. Happy as hell to have you along. But that's honestly not what we're shooting for here. <laughs> we want- yeah, my, my head tilted there when you read that one. Right. I mean, we want honesty, factual honesty. Yeah. Mixed with a little fun. And we want to see things from all sides. When, when people, when people, we want to be able to call bullshit too. You know, Jim, maybe the scene has been so skewed towards negative that simply calling balls and strikes has now become positive. Yeah, I mean, maybe just some good old uh, in-game analysis on Twitter or when they tune in and we, we you know, and, and here's the other thing is like, I think even when we are critical, um, we try to do it in just more of an exploratory conversational way. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be doom and gloom, even if you are talking about something that you think needs to be addressed or whatever. So, um yeah, I mean, like you said, hey, thanks for listening. And uh, But if you're expecting that all the time, or maybe you just tuned in whenever it was a, a more happy topic show, great. But I, I think we really do strive, Gary, to, to, to just kind of tell it like it is and, and let the chips fall where they may. That's all it is, man. And, I, I mean, there's going to be predictions. We're going to do things like that. There's going to be guesses. There's going to be thoughts on how they should proceed. We're going to do some of that tonight. But – it's not about being right or wrong or being smarter than anybody else. It's about yeah. really trying as hard as we can to look at things from all angles. If you do that, I just think, especially with baseball, because it's so multifaceted, every single thing that happens mm-hmm. has a cause and effect and sometimes sure. multiple causes and multiple effects. So if you can look at a situation from every conceivable angle, chances are somewhere in there, you're going to cover the truth. And that's all and that's all to get done. Yeah, that's all we're trying to do. I mean, I, I, just something just popped in my head. I'll give you a perfect example. You know, how much did I stress as this year was going on about play Michael Chavis, play Michael Chavis, play Michael Chavis. Right. And people people see that and they think, oh, this guy loves Michael Chavis. And I, I like him. I think he's a hard, I think he's a hard-nosed ball player. I just wanted to find out about him. You know, exactly. and I'm still I'm still waiting to someone's going to say, oh, this is Mr. Wanted to play Chavis and he sucks. First of all, I don't think he sucks. I think we're finding out exactly what he is and what a good role he has for a team. And um, that's all we're trying to do. So don't read in too much into things when we're talking about them or, uh, you know, on Twitter about them. We're literally just trying to sort through things. And that's how those things have to play out. Exactly. So. Today's topics, we're going to do a call your shot, obviously. Mm-hmm. We're going to wrap up the trade deadline a little bit because I think there's a few things we didn't get to. We were just getting to speak about the uh, Vogelback trade, and that's it. Yeah. I want to talk about MLB as a whole. And then the thing I want to start with here is goodbye to Yoshi. 
he's gone. And, you know, honestly, I think it did take too long to get here. Yeah. I, I still don't think there's a really good reason for why it took so long for them to make that call. I still am asking myself, why is Van Meter here? I don't understand what they're waiting on. Any thoughts on that, Jim? Because <laughs> it, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it, it's the biggest deal in the world. I mean, we just swept the Brewers with Van Meter on the team the whole time. but And he didn't play. So no, what's, that's what's, notable at least. Yeah, but why is he here? You get what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's still a roster spot, right? I mean, and right. taking away something from somebody somewhere. Um, I mean, let's just let me put a bow on Yoshi real quick. Hey, I'm glad it was only one year. Could have been worse. Um, you know, from, would have been if the Pirates had their way. Yeah, so you know, uh, fortunately that that didn't happen. It wasn't a two year deal. It just it didn't work out. I wish him the best. It, you know. It just can't be here. He's, you know, he's gonna have to do. He's gonna have to find it somewhere else. Um, so that's another reason why we get labeled positive because instead of calling him a bum or yeah, making well, fun a, of him or, <laughs> or a, say, well, you he, know, fire well, him human, into the sun. He's a human, he's a human being. being, right? Yeah. And 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 through no lack of trying and probably trying too hard, quite honestly, when it comes down to it, uh, it, it didn't work out. I, I you know. Unless unless someone's a a real jackass, you know. I'll, Todd uh, Frazier. Todd Frazier deserved kicked on his way out the door because he acted the fool. He acted That's like different. a, a world class jerk. Right. Um, you know, and I think as as you get a as you get older and b as you get more close to these things, uh, you recognize the human element to things. And maybe when you're younger and uh, you're more full of uh, you know vinegar you just you just you're mad at the world but or when you, know, you see players as basically a, a collection of bits on a on a tv screen while you're yeah controlling them yes yeah, yeah. so um but back to uh the van meter thing you know um least you know yoshi was the bigger issue of the two uh van meter i i would hope that that's going to work itself out, but you know, he may stick around the rest of the year. I, they, they don't seem to be in a big hurry with him, Gary. See, I got a theory on it, and I think it was in my mind anyway. I think they kind of want which is a scary just, place to be sometimes. I mean, it is for me. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I just sit in the corner shaking, but uh, no, I, I think part of them wanted to see Bly Madris in action over there first and make sure that he could really do it because you are kind of cutting a safety net and I'm not saying Josh Van Meter played it well, but at least he played it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I guess if, if, if Bly Madris was going to be a complete disaster over there, which I certainly don't think he showed himself to be, you might want to consider holding on to him. But at this yeah, point my... now, I don't see it. No, it, it, yeah, it could have just been a, a a a little safety net in case you know after getting rid of Yoshi and then besides what they're doing with Bly, you know, and and yes, they have Chavis, but now he's sort of transitioning into a more of a platoon role and a bench guy, I think. Yeah, um, seems that maybe way. it was just more of a safety net. Um, what I have seen from Bly first, and you know, this is kind of my position. Um, yeah, I've played it forever. Uh, I, I, he hasn't been tested yet, but everything he's making the right plays, he's making the right decisions. Um, so no issues yet. Let's see where, let's see how that plays out. But so far, so good. I thought. I agree. And on that note, let's take a quick break. Come back. Let's talk a little bit more about how the team has started to change a little bit, and then we'll we'll work in the uh, trade deadline because I think it's going to lead into more changes. And yeah, I think definitely. the Brewers are probably paying the price for some of theirs. Oh, but... man. <laughs> Let's take a quick look. All right, and we're 
we're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim and Gary with you. And Jim, you know, I wanted to go guestless this week so that we had a lot of room because there's some pretty big topics on the table, right? And the, the trade yeah. deadline needs wrapped up. And I, th- I think we should start league-wide first and work our way back to the Pirates because, honestly, the trade deadline was a lot more interesting for the league than it was the Pirates. So Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about, you know, some of the bigger things that really surprised us and the big names moving around and some of the names that didn't move. You know, um, we both on the last episode talked about the Cubs definitely moving Contreras and uh, and Hap, and both of them remain Cubs. So why? I mean, do you think they're going to re-sign them? I don't. But they definitely have to give them qualifying offers now, right? So, uh, Yeah, I mean, if you just even look in the division, some fascinating stuff was going on with the Brewers. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals with the Soto situation. The Cubs with their deal and what was going on there. Uh, the Reds certainly had a big name to move, and that got done. I mean, like, there was a lot going on in the NL Central um, for a variety of reasons. Kind of a – almost like a big picture assessment of kind of the state of baseball, if you really think about it. Yeah. In certain but, aspects, especially. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, let's start, let's start with the Cubbies though, because yeah, yeah. I think they, they probably did the least really. They moved really some trinkets around and didn't move their big pieces. That either tells yeah. you they're going to try to sign them or whatever. It almost feels like neutral to me for the Cubs. It, it was really curious. I mean, like, I mean, everyone saw like Hap and Contreras bro hugging it out in the dugout and crying all over each other because they were going to, they knew they were going to be moved. I mean, certainly, I mean, when those guys are thinking it, you know, of course everyone else was stunned. Um, You know, Contreras, like, man, just the position he plays and the kind of impact he has and the kind of juice he can bring to a team, whether it's, you know, my kind of juice or not. It's just, I just, I, I, I was shocked. I, I mean, maybe they just, I, I would at least give the Cubs credit that if they really didn't think that they got the right deals, that they didn't do it, you know? Yeah, I mean, and maybe it's what we talked about a few weeks ago where perhaps their one team that has decided the qualifying offer and the comp pick is worth you know, holding on to a guy instead of shipping him off for something you deem less than valuable. Right. Yeah. So, hey, worth it, right? Yeah, especially at that position. Like, I do think, like, you know, I'd, I'd want I'd want a fair return. Catching and guys that can hit in that position, that's, that's not, uh, you know, readily available. Yeah, I mean, chances are they asked too much at last year's deadline for him when they were moving everybody else. And they probably yeah. asked too much at this deadline for him. So if anything, they overvalue him, which means if I'm Contreras, I'm probably thinking to myself, damn, the Cubs might give me the best offer that I get. So maybe he will end up staying there, which I will hate because I would love for him to not <laughs> be in the NL central anymore. Let's move on to yeah. the Brewers because the Brewers did something really interesting. They're leading the division. Yeah. And and they take their you know, perennial all-star closer, Josh Hader, probably do about fifteen million dollars next year in arbitration, his last year of arbitration. Yeah. And you know, the financial realities of the league take over. Important to note that he he wasn't a free agent. Um, I think a lot of people just assume that that was the issue and it and it actually is not. Right. So they've got Devin Williams sitting there. He's, you know, been every bit as good as Josh Hader mm-hmm. over the years in the setup role. So they figure, okay, we're okay at closer. Bringing back a closer from San Diego and, and Taylor Rogers. So you probably feel like you're okay there, right? But mm-hmm. the Brewers have lived on that bullpen and starting pitching for years, and they have completely upturned the apple cart. It changed the dynamic of that entire bullpen with that with that move, and it may work out for them after they gel and everything, and Craig yeah, yeah. Council starts figuring it out, you know, the rules there's, for everybody. 
Yeah, there's there's that 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 initial shock, and that may be what we just saw, but maybe right. not too, right? I mean, maybe right, not. Right. But either way, a curious move, and and just I know you had some thoughts on it because we were talking a, a little bit about what it says about Major League Baseball in general that a first place team would feel compelled to do that. Yeah, it, you know when you when you when you when we all saw it happening. And I think that was my initial reaction. I was just like, if this doesn't tell you how backwards baseball is, then nothing will. I mean, you know, it's even hard to try to like put it in a in an analogy that makes sense in another sport. It's so like you're 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 in the playoff race. You are going to be competing in the postseason most likely. And to turn around and then just feel you have to worry about three, four, five years down the road and how you want to maintain being competitive then. Yeah. It's such a strange dynamic in baseball. And it's just really a shame that they put the, the these fan bases in this situation. Because well, it wouldn't even be a, a consideration in, in no. many markets, you know, like there's five or six yeah. markets where it wouldn't matter at all. Like the Yankees, for instance, they have a situation where, you know, judge is going to expire after this year. They're in the playoff race. They're in first place. He's mashing the ball, like literally on pace to come up just shy of Barry Bonds record. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm, if you're one of those people that says Barry Bonds didn't set the record because of steroids and whatnot, I apologize. He's going to be the home run king, man. James like, James <laughs> Little James Littleton, settle down, settle down, bud. James right. is going to be on with us next week, by the way. So oh boy, but um, so he can he can get it all out, yeah, know, live and in person. <laughs> but we, you know, when you when you look at it though, the Yankees wouldn't even dream of doing that. Think of the haul they could have gotten for Aaron Judge this year, even yeah. with just a, a, a couple months left of control. They could have been like, "Hey Dodgers, you want Aaron Judge? Here it is." But the Yankees living in the, even living in the now, them, yeah, right? They live yeah. in the now. But if you're a Pirates fan, you have to be thinking. Let's say that the Pirates get in a good position by 2025, 2026, whatever year you think is the year. Let's not get into that conversation right now, but. <laughs> You know, whatever year you think is the year, Brian Reynolds is on an expiring contract. It's going to at least be thought about. Yeah. Because because you could be setting your franchise back a decade if you screw that up. As a Pirates fan, if you didn't put yourself briefly in the position of the Brewers fans the other day. Or the Orioles. Or the Orioles, then you were missing some of the point there yeah, um, like the Orioles had have... to trade trade Trey Mancini because he's got a mutual option next year he's already said he's gonna not exercise his part of it so he's gone yeah. one way or another uh I you know there's no exploring an extension with a guy that's basically telling you I want out so yeah yeah I mean yeah that that was the thing for me like I spent a minute in that world thinking about that with the Pirates down the road and hey Let's at least hope we're in that position because it's a good problem to have in a way, just from the fact that you're 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 better and you're in the mix and you've got what you think is enough to make these kinds of moves. You know what I'm saying? It's, there. I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I'm trying to put myself right now in the position of a Baltimore Orioles fan, which in, in some ways have had it worse than the Pirates. Believe it or not, yeah, certainly, certainly, um, they're they're right there in the running with the Pirates, and and here they are, you know, they're they're right around five hundred, they're right around the wild card race, they have a chance, and they have to trade the face of their franchise, really, yeah, and a and a hugely likable, absolute persona, and you know, to right away watch him hit a home run in Houston. And like, it, it's just, yeah, it's painful. And, and you just wish that the league would see things like that and realize what's going on. Oh. And... Get rid of it. Try to get rid of it as much as you possibly can. 
Yeah, you want to try to encourage teams to be able to hold on to stars. And I just don't think that anybody involved has ever had any kind of a, of a thought towards the fans. I think that's what we talked about most with the CBA was when do the fans come in? When do you actually yeah. care about us? Because it's awesome that the players can make as much money as they want. <laughs> I get that. It's sure. great. It's wonderful that the owners are doing well. I'm happy about that too. But at what point do the fans matter? Like, when does it matter that we're the ones that never get to see a star? When does it matter that I'm watching O'Neill Cruz in his rookie year already knowing when he's done? Like, I already know that it's a pipe dream to think they're going to extend that kid. Under, you know this, I mean? under the current. Yeah. Absolutely, under yeah. this current setup. Yeah. It's a pipe dream. Well, that that's 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 been the beauty of these other leagues and what they have figured out is whether it was on purpose or by accident, it ended up helping the fans. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, they did it for selfish reasons for the most part, uh, but that was a that's the great byproduct of it is is that you don't have to sit there and worry about some of that stuff. Yeah, and then the NFL teams, they're you know it's a different league, and I'm not going to turn this into a football show, but. The NFL's got a new problem. Salary caps don't fix everything. Just saying. The NFL's got a new problem where now quarterbacks are making so much money that your entire payroll is surrounded by that quarterback. Whatever it costs. You go out and spend whatever you got to get when you get one. And then everything else is what's left. You know? and, and, <laughs> and and teams are like desperately holding on to those guys and overpaying. I think overpaying. Yeah. So um, you know because... that's going to change. You know they're going to find a way to get around that and change the way they think about the quarterback position at some point, right? Like I think the Steelers just are doing that right now, truthfully. Yeah. We'll so see. there's there's just a a lot of of uh, things that I think league wide. I think we started to see at this trade deadline that I, I yeah. think a lot of people started to kind of get a little bit, uh, maybe this isn't just about cheap owners. Like the brewers have been trying their asses off for a decade now. And, right. and they've taken them to, to the brink a couple times and they've got a really good team this year. And I understand like what they did with the trade and it made sense. I, I do see what they were trying to do to offset it a little bit, but when you really look at what they got back, I don't think it was enough to have pulled this trade off. I don't think they got enough back to ensure that that, that this team didn't just take a little bit of a step back. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at it just, and that's the question I asked the other day because someone was really kind of um, defending it from a baseball standpoint. And I was like, look, are they a better team? today than they were when they had josh Hader, i'd say no you know like he's the other thing the other thing to look at with the from the brewers perspective though jim like you're the brewers you're sitting there right now you watch san diego go out and get um juan soto Mm -hmm. never heard of him but go ahead (laughs) you watch the dodgers do what they do you know they have a stacked team they you're not winning the world series this year Look at Atlanta. You mean like, the Padres? The Brewers. Oh, the Brewers. Look at, okay. look at the Brewers. They're they're not winning the, the World Series this year. They right. have they, there's four teams that, that are damn near super teams in the NL right now, and and they're not in that conversation. They're a good team. They're a great team in the NL Central. I, as a Pirates fan, am certainly not putting them down. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell me they can hit with any of those teams. You can't. No, they can pitch and, with them, but they can't hit with them. Yeah, it's a different tier of playoff team. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything's possible. Any given Sunday, I get it. But yeah, come on, look at that, and, and you tell me like you're gonna sit there and grip on to Hater like he's the difference between you beating the the Dodgers or the Padres or the or the you know the Braves or even the Mets, or if you magically somehow got through the NL. And then what do you have to deal with after that? The you Yankees. So, right. right. <laughs> yeah. So, and maybe that's We're Baltimore. Houston. Yeah. 
and maybe that's what Baltimore was like to me. I can almost defend them a little more because I think like this happened a little bit sooner than they thought. And so, yeah. yeah, And then their division and like what they, you know, so like they, they felt like, okay, well we don't maybe this, this is better timing for us. The Brewers one is the one that I think really, really hurt. um, Just looking at it from afar. Um, Are you, let me just throw this out there. Cause um, were you somebody that, cause I kept going back and forth on it with the Soto thing. And we know the Cardinals kind of were 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 sniffing around pretty good from what yeah from what, what, what they were in heard. the bottom in the top three if if you believe uh, John Heyman unlike uh, Greg Brown <laughs> yeah well um, yeah that was that was an interesting uh, uh, little tirade Greg Brown went on <laughs> who, who doesn't attack anybody by the way I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what except for tired. except for Josh Van Meter when he pitches that I mean he yeah well, then then the gloves are off yeah right um, but uh, what did you think about Soto with the Cardinals because uh, pros and cons what did you think I think that uh, they're so good at development much like the Dodgers I think the Dodgers and the Cardinals are the best development teams in in the league I really do I Dodgers, think, clearly, yeah. But I, but, but, I think but the, Cardinals are very good. Yeah, at it. I think the Cardinals within two and a half years probably have their system built back up, and it's probably delivering again. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, they probably could have recouped from that pretty easily and maybe given themselves a shot. Problem with the Cardinals is, and I think it remains true, even though they got Quintana from us, um, they still don't have the pitching. So even with Soto, I don't think they had enough to to think that was going to get them to the series in the next yeah. two years. Um, Padres and, have a real shot at it, but well, that's the key I think too is like why the Padres were willing to try it. I think they're all in for the next two years, and then they've got to do some things, you know, when it comes yeah. to because it's a bigger Cardinal... market. It's a bigger market than Pittsburgh. Yeah, but it's not as but, big a market as LA. <laughs> no, no, and, and 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 I think St. Louis would have wanted more assurances that they could have kept him, whereas I don't think the Padres necessarily care that uh, if that's part of the if they can get a, a World Series title out of the, these next couple years, then I think they see it as a complete wash. Like, okay, great, whatever happens, happens. St. Louis couldn't approach it that way. I think just about everything the Padres have done for the past, well, really since Tatis um, was coming up and they went and got Machado and Hosmer, Mm -hmm. ever since that, I think everything the Padres have done has been about trying to get that World Series once. Right, and that's just not what the Cardinals are about. It's not what the Dodgers are about either. If you saw the Dodgers back out towards the end, well, if you're the if you're the Dodgers at some point, aren't you kind of looking at your team going like, yeah, I mean like, if I'm not considering Juan Soto transformative for my team, <laughs> good, good God, you know what I mean? Like, there, I'm not saying he wouldn't be the best position player on that team right away. He would be, but you got Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts. I mean, like, they've got it's... they've got guys that can't get in their lineup that would be the best player on the Pirates. That's that's not fair. <laughs> okay. Baseball? But, fair? But but I mean there's there's no point in them in them selling everything when, you know, even though they're happy to be over that threshold, they don't want to be that far over the threshold, especially with the new roles that they just changed, because they are going to get penalized for it pretty bad. It's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see them wanting to kind of sneak back down and let some youth start to take over. Like they're not going to keep Muncie after this. He's had a really bad season. Bellinger's gone. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've got some things they want to, they want to do. I mean, they, they're not, Clearly, they're not stupid either. So, I mean, like, I think you're what you were saying is like it, 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 when you're Bill Gates, how much extra money do you need sometimes is kind of maybe a good way to put it. So, um, cert, it's certainly not what 
you know, I mean, different worlds for different teams. But I mean, well, let's I think, go back. I think part of it is what you were getting at. I think with the Cardinals, you were talking about like what would it do to them. You know, I think you were thinking about emptying their system. Does that right. kind of open a window for the Pirates? You know, by the time he's done. Well, I think maybe the Dodgers are kind of playing a long game too, a little bit, and they're kind of looking at it like, you know what? Let's let the Padres empty their system out. Mm-hmm. That might help us. <laughs> well, who's to say in two years they're not the ones signing Juan Soto? It's it's highly <laughs> probable, isn't it? I mean, you know, like the Padres, you know, went all out. It either worked or it doesn't. If it doesn't, they're going to try to do some things. And that you know, hey, stranger things have happened to baseball. Well, hey, let's talk about stranger things because I had a thought about this one sort of thing that I wanted to throw at you. Padres got them. Let's say they pull it off. They win the World Series this year. Mm -hmm. Do they flip them? Think about it. The Yankees got a big opening, don't they? Like, say what if you're the Yankees and you can get Juan Soto? Do you go okay? (laughs) <laughs> with that short porch if they goodness. lost if yeah if, if judge is on his way out which you know even if he's not shot stanton's getting up there yeah yeah um i i mean that's an interesting that's an interesting scenario too you could see like them doing that um mission accomplished from san diego's perspective you gotta cut payroll still- anyway why not Right. Because arbitration, um, he's going to get over $20 million probably. Right, because, man, they are throwing around some dollars, aren't they? Money they, paying, money they don't Hopsmer, have. I mean, like, like to, paying tens of millions of dollars to guys that aren't going to be pl- – like, in a way, like, it makes you a little nervous, like, two years from now they're declaring bankruptcy. and uh, But who – who knows? Interest. That's that's an interesting question. I, 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 would, I would assume it would be on the table. It's, it's just um, a thought that I had, like, it kind of popped up the other night, and I wanted to run it past you because it, it, if, if you can get it done yeah, this just, year, yeah, I know you just extended Musgrove. I know you got Tatis for 10 years. I, I, I get all that, but they can't afford this team. I, they just can't. Yeah. So at some point, well, much like Howard Baldwin back in the early 90s with the Penguins, <laughs> Yeah, it's you get underwater what... a little bit. You you can't afford to have Paul Coffey and Mario Lemieux and Ron Francis and Rick Tockett. And you can't afford that kind of a super team in a city like that. That's all you can I'm saying. Only push, you can only push out your debts and bills so long. Um, yeah, we, maybe we Tatis will be part owner of San Diego. I don't know, but yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> well, listen, before we get too carried away, let's talk about um the pirate situation because we mentioned Quintana and obviously we didn't get to get to that last week because it hadn't happened yet. Um, So it's really the only trade they made that mattered. Yeah. I mean, do you want to start with uh, the trade or the reaction from the fans or let's start with, did it tick you off that they traded in the division? Didn't me because we're not a threat in this division this year. No. Um, not in this situation, not where, I mean, clearly this year, uh, right. I don't see it being a factor next year. Quintana may not even be there. Uh, who knows? I mean, like it, it, uh, I was, I mean, it, it just, I think we've gotten, that's become a little bit of a cliche at times, the trading within divisions, defense wins championships. We've heard it for so long. Um, I don't think it applied in this situation. It makes sense. I didn't. I didn't either. They got you know Nunez back. He's a third baseman, first baseman, DH. Probably yeah. lean towards DH. Um, a lot of power, except the ballpark that he plays in. You know, is it's like Greensboro, really. You know how we always tell you not to trust the numbers in Greensboro. Well, don't trust the numbers in in Springfield either. It's. Yeah, I, I I tweeted that out about, you know, uh, 17 home runs, 16 at home. They share a park with, I think it's a college. Uh, it's 315 down left, down the left field line, 365 in the power alleys for a guy that hits home runs. And you're looking at his numbers. And remember, this is not just about home runs. Um, it matters with 
other things, you know, with your base hits and I mean, how things play in that field and what, what you can get out of a certain ballpark. It was enough for me to at least say, look, I don't know a lot about the guy, but that's, uh, it's noteworthy if nothing else, right? It raises an eyebrow at least, right? Yeah. And if you look at him, you could tell, I mean, you look at the guy, if you've seen him at all, this, this guy's not going to be winning any swan awards uh, (laughs) in his lifetime. He, He's he's probably a first baseman and probably a DH if he that's, if he makes it that far. That's what I think too. But I do think that the power potential is pretty real, even though the ballpark is there. Um, yeah, right-handed, saw, right-handed. Yeah, and I saw Anthony Murphy was watching. He's he's been on the show. You guys all know Murph, but he was he was telling me he was watching a lot of their good follow uh, by the way for for minor league stuff. He really is. But he was telling me he was watching a lot of uh, footage of him, and you know, and I watched a lot of it too. I feel like the home runs were far enough in in many cases where his numbers would still be up there a little bit. It is a little weird that that the home and road splits are like that because he's hitting plenty good. He's just not hitting home runs for some reason on the road. He's right. still hitting them pretty decent. He had a overall. Let me just add one more thing that I did notice is like he had a monster June. So like you can look at that one of two ways is like oh man it's he's 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 taking that next step and look out or you can say hey numbers are good but a lot of that came in one month it really really made them look good. So let's be really yeah. blunt. If you want a comp though, that's exactly what they did with Jack Sawinski. Jack just yeah. discovered his power right before he got traded to the yeah. pirates. Yeah. It's hard to tell, right? Yeah. So you never know, like you see that power come out. Sometimes it's best to not ask too many questions about why. Um, I don't know. In this case, cautious optimism on, on Nunez. Oviedo, the guy they got, he's a reliever. I think they want him to be a starter. Yes, they want to try to make him a starter. Very Uh, open about that. Yeah, okay, not bad. You know, I kind of, uh, I didn't like what I saw from him when he faced the Pirates. And if I don't like what I see from you facing the Pirates, that that scares me because (laughs) the Pirates offense hasn't exactly been juggernauts, have they? So that said, uh, you know, I've done I've done some reviews since, and that's the beauty of this. The trade deadline was all the way at the beginning of the week, so here we are at the end of the week. I can really say I sat down and, and, and looked through things. I like his pitch mix. I really do. And I, the, the thing with him is going to be, can they get him to control his stuff? Because yeah. he's got good stuff. Can he control it? And if he can control it, they, they might have gotten themselves a weapon, for real. Like in a good starter. Another you big know, guy. You won't know yet. Another big horse, um, as far as his 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 size and his um, his stuff. Um, uh, I, uh, my initial reaction to the trade was I was okay with it. Um, I really did think that uh, was really hoping to maybe see them package. Uh, something ironically it was Stratton that went in that package I think that that kind of disappointed me that they they had to throw him in there for what I saw as an okay return best way I can put it Jim is I really liked the trade and then when I saw Stratton was in it I was really okay with the trade Mm -hmm. because it it kind of it it pulled it back and made it more much more even and sometimes that's what you got to do to get talent. You want talent in a different place than you have it. You know, you got to give to get. And and they certainly needed to make some room in the bullpen anyway. Somebody needed to go. But I find it difficult to believe nobody in the market that we were watching on trade deadline day. I find it hard to believe they, they couldn't have found anybody to take Stratton. He, he has a decent track record. Kind of wish that... that you know, they hadn't used him almost as a toss in. I thought yeah. it was better than that. Yeah, yeah. Like like he was being used as a sweetener. Yeah. And that 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 threw me off a little bit. 
quite honestly. Um, but like you said, I mean, look, here's the thing. When trade deadlines come and go, GMs are telling you what they think they need, you know, and, 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 and it matches up with what the pirates think they need. They need, they need some right-handed power in their, in their organization. They got Nunez hoping that that might become a thing. They're looking for more starting pitching. They got a guy immediately announced that they're going to try to make him back into a starter. So, you know, it's less about what GM is saying. It's way more about what they do. And so you just, you know, you, you follow the, follow the, the, the clues, right? Yeah. And I think you, you mentioned a few things about what you, you felt that move said to you about the, the state of the pirate system. I'll be blunt. I still don't fully understand it, but you're going to get the third segment to help explain it. Cause I think when we do call your shot, it's going to come up. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'll tell you what, we're going to get right into Call Your Shot because we talked way too long about the trade deadline and I uh, I let it go over because we were having such a good time, especially when we started riffing on Juan Soto and all the, the different ins and outs of that. Um, so let's go ahead and give, give a little bit of breathing room. Eddie and Andrew, go ahead and play the intro. So the call your shot this week is from Seth Johnson. And he says, in your honest opinion, are we any closer this year than last year to competing? It just seems like we are stuck despite the starting pitching coming around as of late. So, hey, good question, I think. And something that I I certainly believe has legs, Jim. We can talk about this for a while. Um, I know what the trade deadline said to you based on your tweet the other day. So why don't you go ahead and start out? I always answer these questions and kill the buzz. Why don't you have at it? Yeah, so um, this is what kind of got us uh, um, talking about this a little bit more. And I'll, I'll go back to my early reaction to the trade. And I had just, I you know, and this is the Quintana deal. I just said my super early take on the trade is this. It's about what you could expect for Jose Quintana. Uh, Nothing, a decent return, nothing more, nothing less. Uh, My bigger takeaway, Sherrington isn't happy with where the organization is at right now. And that worries me more than anything. So you weren't the only one that responded with a question there. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so tell me what what I didn't do a good enough job of, of at least explaining, because I have a habit sometimes of doing that, thinking that people are already on my wavelength and <laughs> my wavelength is, is weird sometimes. So I do it to my wife all the time, but she actually does tend to read my mind. So it works really well. <laughs> and, uh, but no, I think for me, I was just basically like, we knew they were going to trade Quintana. So what could you have possibly learned from the fact that they traded Quintana that that made you feel any differently than before. I mean, we knew what was happening here. So I guess that's where my question was. I didn't think there was anything revolutionary to learn there. Yeah. I guess if, 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 uh, if we can turn back the clock and, um, for me for once believing something that a GM said, and this is where it started with me was, as they were now whether this is gm speak or they or they were being serious this was repeated several several times which is pirates do not feel that they have to move jose quintana if they do not want to they do not feel the return is there and i was already basing some things off of i thought they got a great return in vogel back 
I did. I, you know, yeah. minor league guy, already pitching well, great stuff. I, I, the bar got raised a little bit for me there. Now I know people may disagree with that too, because you know people love Senor Thick, but you know, yeah, he's he, there's only so, so, so that skewed things or set set my standards at a certain um, uh, place. Then the repeated uh, statements of we don't have to move him if we don't want to. And then when I saw the initial return, I wasn't thrilled with it. So then it makes me think that you're still dealing from a, pay, a place of not panic, but um, feeling you have to do it regardless. Well, here's um, the upside. Now I understand you. Now it's a lot simpler because now I just disagree with you. <laughs> and <laughs> and disagreeing is a lot easier than not understanding, sure. if you ask me. Okay, I, tell me why. I, well, for one thing, I, I like the return. And I like yeah. it exactly for what you said earlier on when we were talking about it. I think it plugged some holes that, that they had that were pretty obvious. Um, we know they're a little light on starting pitching. We know that they need a first baseman. We know they need right-handed power. And they addressed all those things with with trading two guys that weren't going to be here for this run. So, I guess to me it, it was a decent trade that addressed needs. I felt it was a. I think because it was so pinpoint as to what they brought back being things they directly needed, mm-hmm. I didn't almost do it like a one to one value thing. I did it as we need this stuff. You have this stuff. Here's our players. We'll take that. I, I took it as a good baseball trade, to be honest with you. Well, and so that's where we probably will differ then is because I saw it as like, A, there was a day left um, in, the, in the trade deadline. And I would have liked to have seen maybe something a little bit more one for one. Um, give me a little something better than yeah. going for, again, trying to uh, the quality over the quantity type deal. So it's just, you know, like, and, and overall, I do think they're not where they want to be just yet. Now, people will go, well, of course they're not. Look at their 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 their, their record and their, you know, what they're doing. And um, I thought they'd be just a little bit further along. And it does worry me about the pieces for next year. So I think that's it. I think that's just it. It was an overall, more of an overall assessment of things than maybe even like hammering the actual trade. Now, good. Relate that back to Seth's question. I mean, are we closer to being competitive? And we already had an entire show dedicated mm-hmm. to what the hell competitive means. But <laughs> yeah. let's, let's say like, are we any closer to competing? Competing to me is getting in the dance. Wild card. To me, that's 500. You got to be around 500 or you don't have a shot at being in the wild card. So are we any closer to this team being 500? Not this year, obviously, but I, I, every single year that you move into the future, you're closer to something, right? <laughs> I mean, you're closer to – so, I mean, you're, if you want a really easy, cheap answer, Seth, yes. That's the show. That's the show, folks. Yes. We'll see you next week. I mean, tomorrow, yes, we'll be closer. Um. I like what I'm seeing right now. And I don't say that just because we swept the Brewers. It's not like uh, the Phillies series is that far in the rearview mirror. I remember that too. Um, Yes, I think that the young players coming up will have an impact. I think the starting rotation is coming together to a point where I'm pretty happy with three-fifths of it. I think that three-fifths will be here next year. I think uh, the other pieces that are there to augment it are just on the doorstep, like Priester and Burroughs and Bolton and um, maybe even Oviedo. And, you know, I think they're going to go out and get some people too. They have to. They're going to have to get a catcher. They're going to have to get another starting pitcher at least. That's a big caveat to to the question. Yeah, yeah, they're going to have to get a good lefty reliever. Um, but if you get all those things, I, to be blunt, I don't know how you look at this lineup 
with a maturing cruise and um, a fully developed Brian Reynolds and uh, starting to find himself and not feel that he has to carry the team to Brian Hayes and a spark plug to Capita Marcano and, you know, maybe a slugging Jack Sawinski and... I don't know how you look at this lineup and think that it's going to be as putrid as it was this year, you know? No, I mean, it's, it's, you know, quite honestly, the bar is, is low. Um, so I, I, you know, we better be, we better be further along next year. Um, I, I, I've said since, and I, and I know like it's a long range prediction thing, but I've repeated it over and over again because i kind of want everyone to understand that this stuff while baseball is unpredictable and things change a lot i've been very consistent about my prediction of how this thing would unfold and the reason that i have and the reason that i repeat it so much is because it's comforting if you can really sit back and understand what's happening and watch it unfold and know that three years ago i knew we'd be here that's why I feel confident saying, yes, we're getting closer to competing because I'm starting to see the fruit that I saw planted three years ago. Right. That's why. Um, I thought 2023 was going to be a flirt with 500 year. I still think 2023 is a flirt with 500 year. And, and you want to call that competitive? About... Then my answer is yes. Uh, right. And we've talked about that. Like I'm still a little bit behind behind that i don't know that that you will see 500 next year um and my bar is different uh with the term competing i i think competing means um i don't want to get into all that i really no 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 no. (laughs) No, but 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 what i'm saying is is like you you that that makes me answer it differently though is because like for me competing would be um one getting in and having a legitimate shot once you're in. And so that, that changes my answer. So it's just one of those things where um, I still think they're on the right track. I'm worried it'll take a little bit longer than, than, than I had hoped. Yeah. I mean, again, and I already it thought is, it was going to take a while. It is about how you define competing. Yeah. But, you know, I, do I think that they're going to be in the conversation next year as far as like can we sneak into a wild card yes do i think they're going to be in the division title no not next no, year yeah. at all very so, important distinction well maybe that's the best way to do it then that that kind of takes a little bit of that um competitive question out like, yeah let's say competitive for the division title um right competitive for the division title again yes they're closer but um I think you're you're probably looking at 24, 25 for division title to even be something to think about. And that's if everything goes right. If Rwanzi Contreras has to have Tommy John surgery next year. Oh, boy. The, well, think about yeah. it. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean. Well, that changes everything. Boy, doesn't um, it? But that's why when I talk about the progress of the team and even the forecasting that I did way back in 2020, it's all built on duplication of efforts. The reason that I say confidently that 2023 will be better is because I watch them stack prospects knowing half of them will fail, but knowing half of them will get here and compete out of the list that I've chosen to focus on and say are going to be good. Mm -hmm. That's why I feel confident about it. That's why I feel like we're going to move forward. I also feel like this year, I don't even think we saw everything that there is to see this year yet. We still haven't really seen Swaggerty. We st- and he's hitting. We still haven't really seen G1 Bay. He's hitting. We still, you know, yeah. Mason Martin hasn't been a factor at all. Maybe he never will be. But two years ago, for instance, I definitely thought he would be. You get what I mean? So sure. it and- doesn't change my prediction at all because they just got Nunez. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of ways that this stuff can evolve, but when you stack prospects and you really think about the way things are coming together, look at the entire scene, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, and here's the other thing to this is we've got um, a little under two months left. And I, I want to see how JT Brubaker finishes the year. I want to see how Zach Thompson finishes the year. I want to see if Bryce Wilson can continue a little bit on this upswing. Um, of it, and like that will help me feel better or worse because I do want to see how those kinds of guys close out this year. Um, so to me, like at this point, they'll finish the year, whatever. There's nothing JT Brubaker's going to do in the last two months of this season that's going to have them come to spring and not have him penciled in as one of the starters. No, no, I'm saying for me personally, like what they do and how I feel comfortable with it are probably going to be two entirely different things. Sure, but I'll be blunt. If you look at JT Brubaker's numbers and you're not comfortable right now, you don't want to be. And that's the truth. His numbers reflect a good starting pitcher. Not I know, even Gary, like a middling one. I know, Gary, but what I see is when I start pulling up his numbers overall, kind of like what we did with Key Brian Hayes is that what I start to see is that it, that if this is his max and we're going to need better, and also is he regressing towards some of his career means? And that's what I'm starting. I want to really, really kind of watch as these last couple months go. Um, I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying, like, where does he fit in in a rotation as far as... Yeah, I'm not saying you are knocking him. I'm yeah. saying, to me, a team like this, I can't ever afford to extend the Garrett Coles. Okay? I can't ever afford to go out and buy the David Price. So, a team like this, in my mind, needs to lock up the guys like JT Brubaker that I at least very much so know is a major league starting pitcher. I don't care about the number. I don't care where you put it, one through five. You do whatever you like. Mitch Keller, I know, is a major league starting pitcher right now. Those are the types of guys I go out and extend so that I don't have to replace all five down the road. I let that top-end pitcher be the guy that rotates through via prospects or trades. I let that fifth starter be somebody I pick up off the scrap heap every once in a while. Those middling guys, two through three, four, five, those guys, I want to extend. I want to keep them. You know what I mean? Sure. And if they wind up in the bullpen, so what? If they wind up being trade bait, so what? And that's the other thing you just mentioned is, like, I see him – actually see him better in the bullpen. So it distorts what I, not distorts, it changes what I want to do with him. Um, I think he might be better suited in there. I was surprised this year, just looking at him, that his whip this year is actually worse than his career whip. So there's just little things that I, the, the, that I want to make sure if, if, he's, if he's the fifth starter or a fourth starter, okay. Um, we always complain about not disagreeing about anything. We have yeah. found it, folks. JT Brubaker <laughs> is our kryptonite. Jim and I do not see eye to eye on JT Brubaker. He's a starter yeah. seven days of the week and twice on Sunday to me. And uh, I want him here. <laughs> yeah. But I get where you're coming from. I mean, yeah. to me, though, you know, bluntly, I wouldn't have shipped Chad Cole this year. I would have kept Chad cool and let him finish out this, you and know, I was, and I was his arbitration ready. here I was, for three I million. Was, yeah, and I was ready for him to go. So, yeah. so I mean, it really, it, it's all personal choice. But I'm saying, like, a guy like Chad Cole is a guy that I would suggest you extend for a few years because he's an established major league pitcher, and you bring him in. Now they they wanted him to be in the bullpen. Whatever, I get it. I'm just, and he's really, he's not lighting the world on fire in Colorado. I know people were really excited at the beginning of the season. But yeah, yeah. He's been an average starter. But that's which still. In, which there is. But still, deep. there's a place for that, right? Like you right. just paid $2 million for Quintana, and everybody, oh, extend him, extend him. I can get that production out of JT Brubaker. Cheaper than that. Yeah. 
I guess what it comes down to for me is, and it's not just Brubaker, it is Thompson and uh, even uh, Bryce Wilson to a lesser extent and, and a few other guys is like what I am trying to, trying to parse right now is like, are these guys good enough difference makers to where we want to get to go? Um, and where I think you're going to, uh, you know, these expected jumps that we're hoping to see, do they meet that level for me to be, to, to, to be yeah. a part of that? So the that's really that I, what I'm starting to do with that. The reason that I get so hell bent on like, you want to lock these guys down, the guys specifically I'm talking about are like your Mitch Kellers, your, your JT Brubaker, not Wilson. I'm not sold on him. Thompson, I think is a bullpen guy, to be honest. He hasn't gone above five innings. You know, like no, we saw it again. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he's a bullpen guy. I think his pitch mix works in the bullpen. I actually think he's got more velocity to give if he was in there. Neither here nor there. Right. But Rowanzi's going to be the guy you have a hard time signing. If you can get an extension done with him, do it. Do it tomorrow. I believe in him that much. But the reality tells me that kid's going to be on his way back out the door in five or six years, and you need to be able to replace that. Well, I don't want Quinn Priester or Michael Burrows to have to be ready. I want them to be ready. And in order for that to be the case, I don't leave a gaping open spot for them. I have it populated. And if they come up and they smoke show it, well, okay, then you get your dream, Jim, and JT Brubaker goes to the bullpen. Because he got beaten out. And that's how a good team builds a pitching staff. You don't do it trying to replace all five every year or trying, you know, you, you, you just have to understand your lot in life. Yeah. And the and, and, lot in life is you can't afford Garrett Cole. So quit dreaming. No. And here's, here's, here's the thing too, is like this off season is so, so critical and to see if they do anything. And that, that, you know, and, and I have tempered expectations for that. Um, this year, I think people that are expecting big things probably are going to um, be disappointed. But maybe there's so, something. So they'll scream for six months like they did with O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, Who well, cares? plenty of time to read some angry tweets. As long as you season. never, <laughs> as long as you never reach, uh, you know, uh, angry contrarian level of Jim Rosati, I'm happy. You be you remain Jim Stan. That's what I want. Okay. Well, here let me let me just say this too. I will say what what would you have taken as a pirate fan at the beginning of the year? Would you have taken um, Ronzi Contreras looking like the real deal, O'Neill Cruz looking like the real deal, Mitch Keller looking like he figured it out, keep Ryan Hayes locked up? If I'd have given given you all those four things. Would you be satisfied with that and hopeful? Let me put it this way. So This is my my way of wrapping it up. At the beginning of this year, we had a closer, a center fielder, and a third baseman. Right? That's what we had last year. That's what we felt confident coming back into this year with. A closer, a center fielder, and a third baseman. At the end of this year, I think we'll be pretty confident that we have a center fielder, a third baseman, a closer, if he stays healthy or gets healthy, um, a shortstop, and at least a few utility guys, and an outfielder I like, and a and a top of the line starter. Yes, because that's what I think Rowan. Which that's what I think <laughs> JT Brubaker. Uh, that's what I think Rowan's is. But, I, but no, but I think you're right. We have a couple starters. I think two or three starters yeah, that I, I feel do pretty think, good about. Yeah. So, so, yes. Do I think we've improved? Yeah, I do. Record-wise, maybe not. But I can almost blame mismanagement just as much as poor performance and, and not calling guys up. I mean, Boy, I wish we knew. I wish we knew how much Shelton is doing and, and how much is um, dictated on that level. I really wish we knew. Yes, and I think we'll eventually know because uh, – <laughs> Things like that don't stay quiet forever. No, 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 no. We'll keep digging too. Yes. But anyways, man, great show. Good talk. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed that Soto talk in the middle. That was great. And Seth, thank you very much, man. Good question. Yeah. Keep those coming. We're really enjoying talking about those things. And uh, 
they always give us something different to think about and a different yeah. way to go about it. So thanks a lot, everybody. And uh, good show, Jim. How do people get a hold of you, brother? Yeah, so uh, Twitter all the time, too much time. But uh, it is at JimStam22 and for the city underscore 412. And that is for Pirates, Steelers, Penguins, and Pitt. And, um, yeah, so that's about it. Sweet. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me, it's GaryMO2007 on Twitter. Or uh, you can follow the show, Pirates Fan Forum. Make sure you follow the show itself and subscribe to it. Yeah, we're That's on right. the page. It's super important. And, uh, yeah, we'll be uh, talking to you in the live chat. And, uh, hey, Ben, take it away. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you.